Everyone see it from all over the room? Look at that. Beautiful. If I spell something wrong, keep it to yourself. As I said this morning, I'm not interested in correction or feedback. Next week, I will be, not this week. It's been a long week, so keep your comments to yourself. Give them to the Lord. Pray for me. <laughs> Tell me later. Yeah, send it in a private message. Um, yeah, cool. All right. If you weren't here this morning, I wish you were. Uh, but Did we record it? We did record it. So you can watch it, play it, subscribe, like, share, <laughs> subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> Uh, we talked about God's purpose. Uh, our purpose is answered by Jesus. And uh, our purpose is not what we do. Our purpose is in the fact that we, we have a purpose because Jesus came. The designer, who Jesus is, reveals the purpose of who we are. Amen? I'm not doing it any justice, so please watch the message because I went home tired. I think I was yelling and screaming and... So um, I had some pre-workout, and we are good. I reckon I've got about another 10 minutes before that wears out, so we better get into the message tonight. Uh, so we, we started uh, last Sunday night talking about what, what the cross actually purchased for us, because it actually gave us a new life. Amen. We're not just going to heaven. Although, it, By the way, when I say that, I don't mean that heaven's not cool. I'm not trying to devalue heaven. Heaven is going to be amazing. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that it's not just getting to heaven. Our Christian experience is not about just getting to heaven, just surviving life and getting to heaven. What Jesus did, the fact that he came in human form, restored, redeemed humanity, we can actually be set free now. The Bible says that we are co-crucified, co-buried through water baptism, and co-resurrected. When we get the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we live in newness of life. We have a new life to live. Bible says that all things have passed away, all things have become new. So there's actually a new life that we live now that we're Christians. And that new life isn't we're living the same old life, but we've just added new activities to it. The actual source of our life has changed from us to God, and God is living His life through us. That's why we can say that we're alive, because the life of Christ is in us. We were, we were dead, and He made us alive. And uh, so there's a big, big shift, a big difference that when we get saved, when we give our life to Jesus, there's now a new life to be led. And uh, the book of Romans is incredible at explaining all of that. So we've been focusing on a few things. And last week, can anyone tell me what we talked about? No one. Okay. What do we talk about, Kelly? You better know. You're my wife. <laughs> Come on, Kelly. Sonship, thank you. We went from being orphans to sons and daughters, right? Our identity changed. We were disconnected. Jesus came and made us all sons and daughters because he, when he ascended, when he came out of the tomb, when he ascended, he said, I must ascend to my father, your father, my God, your God. So he put us in this position of sonship, of daughtership, knowing that we have a heavenly father, and that actually changes everything. Now I live my life not for love or for approval. I live from love and, and from approval. Because I am a beloved son. You're a beloved son, you're a beloved daughter, whatever your gender is. You're either one of the two, by the way. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was topical, um, but it's in the Bible. Anyway, I'll, I won't make jokes about it because it's not a joking matter. Forgive me, I'll come back. 
All right, so tonight I want to look, look at the, the new life. The new life we're called to live is a connected life. Amen. New life is a connected life. The new, the new life that God gave us is actually a really intertwined, one with God, in one spirit. We're all together. We're part of the body of Christ. It's a very connected life. In the Old Testament, there was the Holy Spirit would come upon you to do a task. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes into you and you live with a continual connection with God. Good news. Very exciting news. Uh, we, we are not living as orphans. We are living as sons and daughters. We are completely connected. I love how the Bible says that I will come and make my home in you, not my hotel. Very basic tonight, I know, but these are just beautiful truths that will change your life. God said that I've come to make my home in you, not my hotel. A lot of us live our Christian life with this experience that God comes to me, and then God leaves me, and then God comes to me, and then God leaves me, and then God comes to me, and I feel disconnected. I don't feel like God is with me all the time. I feel like I feel Him in services. I feel like I feel Him when I'm reading my Bible, but when I'm just, you know, changing the baby's nappy, I don't feel like I'm connected to God. This is our old covenant, old mindset that makes us feel like we are only connected. We're only connected when, when I'm doing things for God, which is completely not true. In the New Testament, we are connected through what God has done. Amen? Romans 8, verse 16 says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. I love this, that the Holy Spirit is actually indwelling in us to make God's fathership real to us. Now, I believe that we could all agree in the room tonight that a good father is a present father. You may not be the perfect father, you may not uh, have it all together, but a present father is a good father, a father that is available, a father that, that you can speak with, talk to, communicate. A lot of us have experienced fathers in a way of uh, being emotionally unavailable, or they're present in a room, but they're not quite connecting. That is not the truth of who our Father is. Now, I'm not saying that to, to bring shame on fathers. And like I've said last week, this is not for you to look at your Father and tear Him down. This is for us to look at our Heavenly Father and us as people to see that He is our perfect Father. And this is the fathership that we are meant to be experiencing. It's not to bring shame or condemnation onto fathers in the room. A, a good Father is a present Father. I probably could spend another 20, 30 minutes just talking about this because if we don't understand that God is a good father, we may not want to come to him and be connected to him. But the Bible says that he is a good father and every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights. Amen. He's a good father. It says that he's a good, he's a good father and if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you what? A stone. He's not going to give you a snake. He's not, going to, he's not going to take what you ask for and give you something different. But he actually says he's a giver of good gifts. So we actually serve a good father, not a distant father, not a disconnected father, not, not a God that is, that is so far away that we have no context and he comes close every now and then for special events. We have a very present, present father. 
Amen? Uh, so I believe that because of that, because of the connection that we have with God, we should live in an expectation of being continually connected and led by God. Amen. If we have an ever-present Father actually dwelling within us, we should have the expectation that every single day I can connect, be connected, hear the voice of my Father, feel His presence, know His leading, read His Word. I, I have to have a, a fundamental belief that I am connected to God on the daily. Amen? He's present, right? He's present. I'm going to um, go to John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you know what? Yeah, no, I won't get there. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Some would say, well, that's not love. Well, he is love, and his commandments are life. So he's saying, if you love me, keep my commandments, because I know what's best for you. And I want you to be connected to me and not disconnected. So keep my commandments because I love you. My commandments are not death. My commandments are life. So if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Come on. How good is that? He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Orphans are, are in a spiritual sense, they are, they are void of connection, void of fathering, void of, 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 a, of a covering, of a, of a connection, right? I will not leave you like that. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. This is the hope that we have because of, because of what Jesus did. Because he lives, we live. You, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Manifest actually means to reveal. I will reveal myself to you. This is this Christian experience that we're talking about because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of what he has purchased for us on the cross, he's gonna reveal himself to us and not to the world. And Jesus, uh, sorry, did I skip past it? And I knew whoever has come on keeps him and as he loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, you will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our what? Hotel with him. We will make our home, our home with him. Amen? All right, so just from that passage of scripture, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw the most basic diagram you've ever seen in your life. I actually asked my wife to draw this for me and she didn't do it. Though this doesn't turn out, it's her fault. All right, just from this scripture alone, this is what, this is what I see. Here's a father, right? Father. He's father. Here's a father, right? Can you guys see this? Okay. Did I spell that right? Yeah, I did. All right. Father, right? 
He says, in the Father is who? The Son, right? So the Son's in the Father, yeah? And then in here, who's in the Son? No, us. Can I read it again? Just kidding, (laughs) jokes. In that day, you'll know that I am in my Father, so Jesus, the Son, is in the Father, yeah? And you in me, so we're in Jesus, you, or for all the New Zealanders, you. That's a female sheep, if you didn't know that. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) This is why Kelly should have drawn this, right? Okay, there's you, and then in you, Holy Spirit, yeah, but kind of says Jesus here. All right, so Jesus is, is in us as well. Wow, that's cool. And then it goes on to say that if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we, we will come to him and make our home with him. So you have the whole, pretty much the whole Trinity straight up in here. That's probably the best diagram I've ever drawn in my life. Now show me in this area where the disconnect is. How can the Son be in the Father, I be in the Son, the Son be in me, and then the Father and the Holy Spirit through Holy Spirit are in me? Hey, which part in here am I disconnected? Because most of us live like we're out here. You. Yeah, the other you's gone. The, you don't want that on there? Sorry, my wife says take that off because it's not a laughing matter. But Jesus left the 99 use to get the. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, that's right, you. Um, so, so, Father, Son, you, and then they're in you as well. So there's no, through the new covenant, through what Jesus has done, there's actually no place of disconnection. But most of us are living our life like we're out here trying to somehow penetrate and get in here. We're we're still trying to get connected to God. We're still trying to get connected. But but what Jesus did was put us so, so in this that not only are we in Him, He's in us. So there's not actually any area of us that is exposed or disconnected. Because not only is He in us, we're also in Him. It's this beautiful picture that we are, because of what Jesus has done, we are so connected. Now, if, you, if, if we really believe this, disconnection is, is near impossible. To feel disconnected is near impossible. How can you feel, how can we be disconnected when we're in Him and He's in us? Yet most of us still believe that we're way out this side here, and every now and then I get, I get, I get a, a bit of an opening and I shoot in here. This, is, this diagram's starting to look a bit dodge, actually. <laughs> it's like a, let's just stay away from that. <laughs> what I'm saying is we, we, are, we, are, we think we've got to try and somehow get into here. But the reality is because of what Jesus did, we are already in him and he is in us. And this is this beautiful truth of what Jesus 
has done for us. The Bible says that when Jesus gave his last breath, he says, it is finished. And it says that the veil, that the, the curtain in the, in the temple, the veil was torn in two. Now that, that's very significant because that veil was what, what stopped the, the everyday believer entering into the presence of God to experience God. It was for once a year for the high priest to come in. And if he didn't come in right, he died. Praise God we don't have that anymore. It'd be terrible for church growth. <laughs> Shocking. But when that, ta- when, that, when that veil was torn, when Jesus' body was torn, the temple veil was torn, and we entered into this new relationship of being straight in here, fully connected to God. So, so to live a connected life, to, to live every day being connected because I am in Him and He is in me, there's no reason for me to feel disconnected unless I'm believing a lie that I'm not actually in Christ and Christ isn't actually in me. But the Word of God is very clear that He is, right? So the veil was torn. What happened when the veil was torn? It was saying, well, I'm no longer going to be separated from you. My plan all along was to be in you and for you to be in me. And now that Jesus has paid the price on the cross, because He shed His blood and made us righteous and made us holy by His blood, book of Hebrews, if you want to do a study, now He comes and He lives and dwells in us. He doesn't want a temple made by hands. He wants us to be His temple. Does this make sense tonight? So we, we are called to be the temples of God, and, and that is not just, that, that is a, a connection statement. Everywhere I go, I am the, the dwelling place of the Most High God. I could go to the ends of the earth, and God is there. I don't have to go to a certain place to worship. I don't have to go to a certain hill. I don't have to go to Israel. I can, I can be anywhere in the world and know that I am connected to God. I don't have to leave my location to get connected to God because of what Jesus has done for me. But a lot of us are still living with an Old Testament perception or par- par- way too big a word, Corey. Get away from that. An old lens. <laughs> I'm still thinking that I somehow need to get connected to God. But Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross is a game changer. He, he, he reconnected us. And put us in this place where we are fully connected to God. Amen? The new life is a life connected to God, not a distant following of an unknown being. We get to live like Jesus lived, in in intimacy, knowing the Father. That's the relationship that He invited us into. We are not trying to get in. You're not a gate crasher. You're not a party crasher, wedding crasher. I'm trying to think of any other crashes there can be. Oh, there was actually a lot of crashes mentioned tonight. I won't say Joe, Joseph. Calling you out now. Let's give it up for Joseph. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so we're not trying to we're not trying to come into a space that we're not allowed to be in. We actually got invited in. And I think that's a game changer when it comes to Jesus. Amen? Okay, where am I going with this? We get to live intimately with Him. We get to know Him. We get to hear our Father's voice and we get to see what He is doing. We are not on the out. We are in the inner circle. 
Jesus pretty much gave us a VIP pass, all backstage pass, that we are not meant to be in a spectator mode. We actually get to be in Him. Man, if, you could, if you could understand that, that right now, and no matter where you are and where you go, that you are completely connected to God, that you're never alone. That's amazing. This is why God keeps reminding us, hey, you, I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan. I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm not gonna disconnect from you. I'm not gonna come and show up every now and then and then leave you. I'm gonna stay true. I'm gonna stay connected to you. The cross proves that. I mean, honestly, if we could grasp that, at that thought, our, our life would change dramatically. That if you genuinely believe that God is with you all the time, the level of intimacy and experience and encounter the awareness of hearing his voice and knowing his heart just goes up. I don't want to talk in levels, but let's say 39 levels. That good. <laughs> when you're aware that, hey, I'm actually connected to God, I'm not disconnected. Jesus has connected me. Um, I remember in Tiana, I probably shared this story like a thousand times, but it makes sense. I remember in Tiana, I, I was going through a stage where I felt so disconnected from God. And I pretty much was at my wit's end that unless God showed up and met me, I'm, I'm pretty much walking out of this whole Christianity thing. This is a typical church kid dilemma. When you grow up in Christianity, you, you sometimes take for granted the realness of the God you worship because it's, it's, it's everything you already know and you see the world as I'm missing out. And so I remember being in this place, my wife and I, we'd, we'd come back, we'd, we'd given our lives to Jesus, but I just, I just remember feeling so empty, so, so dead inside. And I remember I had this last ditch effort, I went to, um, what, what park? Ivan Wilson Park. Caught my first fish there too. And uh, pretty sure it was like two pound, rainbow, so good, using worms in a bubble. Best fishing you can do. Anyway. I digress. <laughs> I'm walking around this track. I, I went up there, same time, every day for three days. I walked the loop of this track. I'm crying out to God. I'm beating the ground, beating my chest, screaming like I usually do. And I'm just with the intensity that I can muster, saying, God, you've got to meet me. I, I did have thoughts of trying to walk on water on Lake Henry, and uh, I never went through with it. And <laughs> But I was that close. I was just like, man, I just need to know that God's real. I just need to know. And so I remember going to the last, my last ditch effort was to go to a, uh, a church service in Tiana. I turned up there. The music team was away. They were worshiping the YouTube tracks. I thought, oh my gosh, nothing's going to happen here. There's no way God can move through YouTube. And, <laughs> and I think, I was just thinking, man, I'm so desperate. I'm just so desperate to know him. I've tried everything, and I just need this, this question in my heart to be answered. And they started playing this YouTube playlist. A song came on, and it was called Abba by John Hisler. And there's one line that says, you're closer than the skin is to my bones. And I literally, I feel the presence of God, not on me, but in me. And I was, I, I broke down. I was weeping almost crying now just thinking about it. But I was so desperate to know God. And when I felt His presence in me, 
it shifted my whole perception that I had been out beating the ground, walking around a park, trying to get God to show up. And God was saying, I'm inside of you. I'm in you. When I felt his presence in me, I realized this. Oh my gosh, I'm not trying to get to God. I'm not trying to encounter God. He's in me. I'm in him. He's in me. Of course it makes sense to know his presence. He's in me. He's in me. Like, I don't want to be weird tonight, but for someone to be in you is very intimate. You can't get more intimate than that. That's, that's God to us. He's in you. Come on. He's in you. We've made it normal as Christians to live a disconnected life. Like, it actually breaks my heart when I hear people say, I've only really heard God speak once or never in my life. That's not normal. I'm not saying that condemnation. I'm saying if this is true, how can you not sense or know or hear Him or see visions or dream dreams or a, 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 a leading, a nudging, a I just have a feeling? I'm not saying you have to hear the audible voice of God. I'm saying if, there's, if God is in you and you're in Him, why does it seem so crazy that you would hear Him or that you would know Him or that you would be led by Him? Because it's actually the Christian life is actually to be led. It says that if you're a son of God, you're led by the Holy Spirit. So it's not just a direction of I need to hear where I'm going today. It's I'm being led by what, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. God in me is leading me today in my attitudes and the way that I'm functioning and the things that I'm doing today. God is leading me. I'm hearing his voice. I'm hearing his nudging. I'm reading his word. It's speaking to me. Scriptures are popping out. That's normal. But we have made a disconnected life look normal. We think people that hear from God are crazy. We think they're the weird ones. What if it's weird not to hear from him? Well, oh, that person's just a, they're a bit of a weirdo, eh? <laughs> God told me this. Yeah, right. Seriously, if this is true, 100%, God told you that. He's in you. You're in Him. Why is it weird when someone inside of you and you're inside of them speaks to you? That's weird. Because we have made a disconnected life look normal. We have made this just for pastors. I know the pastor we hear from God this Sunday. Or the apostle or the bishop. They hear from God and they tell us. The Bible says in the new covenant that no one will have to say to his neighbor, know the Lord, for all will know him. I will be their God. They will be my people. This doesn't mean that we don't need leaders and teachers. It means that you're meant to have a personal relationship where this is normal. This is what God said to me today. I just felt that I should do this. I felt God say that, you know, I should be nice to, nice to people today. Amen? This is normal. But we have made a disconnect, disconnected life the norm. And it is not the Christian norm to live apart from God. It's not normal to not know and experience Him in an intimate way. Because Jesus actually paid a price so we could. Because if he didn't come, we could just stay in the Old Testament 
and I can go in there once a year. I just called myself the high priest. That's shocking. Just trying to use it for an example. Someone could go in once a year, come out, tell us what God said, and we'll just live like that. But that, that is, we are missing out on the beauty and the access and the intimacy and the connection that Jesus has actually purchased for us. If that's how we want to live, we are, we, are, we are not honoring the price that he has paid because he doesn't want to be distant from you. He died so he could be in you, that you could become the temple of God, that he could dwell in you and you dwell in him and you can walk in an intimate relationship hearing and knowing a real God. That's the difference between us and other religions. We don't worship statues. We don't worship dead things. We worship a living God. The Bible says that I'm the God, am I the God of the dead or the God of the living? I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Kelly, Clinton. Same God. He's alive and living. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are not serving a has-been. We're not living, when we read the Bible, we're not living off old encounters. It's an invitation to a new one, that you can know God like they know God. You, he's no respect of a person. If he did it for you, for, for you, he would do it for me. So if, if, if you meet someone who has an intimate relationship with God, it's not to be for you to say, oh my gosh, they get to hear him. No, it's an invitation for you to say, I get to hear him. That's normal. Amen? Come on. John 15, 4 to 10. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, a lot of abides in here. Abide, abide, abide. You know what abide means? Maybe I should have said what abide means first. Abide means to continue to be present or remain as one or to stay in a fixed state. Amen. So I write that on the board? No, Kelly said no. <laughs> so abide in me. So continue to be present in me. Remain as one in me. Stay in a fixed state in me. And I in you. So he's saying, hey, would you stay in me like I stay in you? Please. I don't check in and check out of you. Stop checking in and checking out of me. I'll stay in you. I'll remain present in you. I'll be one with you. Can you abide in me also? That's normal Christian life, right? As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides, unless it remains, stays connected because of this, right? In the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, it's, it's really important to understand that this is not just about connection and relationship. It is. It's all about that, to be honest. But the Bible promises is if we can understand this, then we're going to be fruitful. So many of us are trying to be fruitful out here and thinking, why doesn't it work? Why is this not happening? How come this is happening? Because we think that if we could be fruitful out here, we can get in here. But he's saying, no, can you start here, remain in here, and I'll make you fruitful. This is the, the shift, the change of a new creation life. I'm no longer trying to be fruitful to get here. I'm remaining in here and becoming fruitful. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
That's great. So you, even his words are meant to remain in us. Brings a new depth to the scripture that every word spoken out of the mouth of God shall not return void, but will accomplish that what it was sent forth to do. Amen. My words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. Why is the Father glorified? Because we're in the Son and the Son's in the... So every time I'm fruitful in here, it brings glory to the Father. I feel like a teacher right now. Have I got a teaching anointing just come on me? Did you see it? Came down. Came down. Should have sidestepped it. <laughs> I'm joking. Who abides me and bears much fruit? From apart from me, you can do nothing. Did I already read that? If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Don't be that person. When you look at this, this is, God told me a long time ago, he said, this relationship never ends until you make a decision to walk out. Because I will never leave you. So don't, don't read that in fear. If you just realize this and stay in here, you're good. Fruitful. Awesome. But if you make a decision to walk out of that, that's when we become fruitless. And we can't get there on our own efforts, right? If you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and we'll be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Again, abide in my love. What does that mean? Continue to be present in my love. Continue to be in a fixed state of my love. Continue to be one in my love. Amen? We sung the song tonight. This is, they're not just nice, nice lyrics. His love is unfailing. To remain in His love for us, his, his love for you as a son or as a daughter, remain in that. Stay in that. Don't get out of that. Don't check in and out of this love relationship. Just stay in it. Even when you mess up, stay in it. Because God doesn't check in and check out. I love you today. It's not, I don't know if anyone else did this at school, but I did. About my beautiful wife. I would pick up a daisy and I would say, she loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me. Anyone else do that? No one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a really unrelevant analogy now. Anyway, God's not doing that with you. God does not sit there saying, I love them. I love them not. I love Kelly. I love her not. I love Kelly. I love her not. He, his love is steadfast towards you. He doesn't check in, check out, remain in that because he's not changing the way that he feels about you. Amen. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments. See, even Jesus was abiding in the love of the Father. Yeah? Amen. So, should I finish with that? No, let's just finish. All that to say tonight, really just wanted to draw something on the whiteboard. So thank you for letting me do that. No, in all seriousness. The new creation life is a connected life. It is not a life lived outside of God. It is not a life lived where we check in and check out. Because of what Jesus has done, we are in Him, 
and He is in us. Practical application. Homework for the next however long you live on this planet. Give me that homework now. If you feel disconnected, do not pray, God, come. You thank Him. God, thank you that you are in me and I am in you. Connection is completely natural. Don't pray, God, I haven't heard your voice. God, thank you that you are in me. I am in you. And it is natural for me to hear your voice. I haven't felt his presence. God, why don't you give me your presence? Thank you, God, that I am in you. You are in me. It is completely natural for me to feel your presence. You live inside of me. Thank you, God, that I am in you. You are in me. We are already connected. I am not chasing connection. I am living from connection. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Thank you for tearing the veil that I get to be with you every single day, that there is not a moment in my day where I am disconnected from you. Thank you that I'm your home, not your hotel. Thank you that you don't check in and check out. And God, I wanna stay connected. I don't wanna check out and check in. I want to remain. I want to abide in you. It was a great prayer. As you can tell, I pray that a lot. But that, honestly, that is, it is about understanding that this is what Jesus has done for me. I'm not trying to get in. I'm already in, and I live from that connection. Amen? Short and sweet tonight. Was it short? Still like 40 minutes, eh? <laughs> but there's like five minutes of drawing, so take that out. <laughs> All right, let's bow our heads tonight. Jesus, just want to um, say thank you so much for what you've done for us. Thank you for inviting us into the same relationship that you have with the Father. Thank you for making a way through the flesh through your body that was given upon the cross, you have opened up that veil. But your word declares that now we can enter into your throne room with boldness. Boldness knowing that we're meant to be there. That's where we're called to be, in your presence. We don't come timidly, your word declares that, but we come boldly to the throne of grace. Jesus, we know that it is you and you alone who has given us access. And we are forever grateful. But God, I pray that our gratefulness will shift from words to a lifestyle. And I know we've been talking about sons and daughters, but the Bible says that He no longer calls us servants but I call you friends. Because a master doesn't let his servants know what he's up to. It's a really beautiful scripture. I don't know where that we serve God. But it's this beautiful picture of intimacy that I'm gonna reveal to you. And actually, one of the, 
don't want to say jobs, that sounds terrible. But I will say jobs just because I can't think of another word. Of the Holy Spirit is actually to reveal God's heart, thoughts towards you and I. He has not put us on the out. He's actually invited us in. We can live a life where we know Him. Holy Spirit reveals God to us. He's not just a God who can be known. He's a God who wants to be known. But I wonder if you're in this place tonight, you don't know this God I'm talking about. Maybe you feel like you're on the out. You feel disconnected. And if you're here this morning, I would have loved to have shared that message with you. But Jesus answers the cry of every